on this week's show. Top of the league, but not getting carried away, we hear from Chatham manager Kevin Hake. If I'm honest with you, I've underestimated, I underestimated the jump between the, the, the scaffold um, and the union, and we've had to adjust very, very quickly. And it's the end of an era at Folkestone and Victor. Neil Cogley tells us why now was the time to step down. Matt doesn't want to train in any way, and he does a lot of team talk. So it wasn't that as difficult as uh, maybe it seemed. Um, and I said I was thinking of doing it at the end of the season, and I just thought, well, it's best to give him a bit longer, you know? And... Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've just got the two interviews for you this week, but we hope you're going to enjoy them because they are actually both pretty interesting and we're going to look back at everything else in another busy week across the county. I'm John Phipps. I've frankly had enough of supermarkets moving stuff around just for the sake of it. And on the line now is a man who hopefully has made a better job of connecting to the team's chat tonight than did last week. I can confirm he did, although I'm a bit worried because about two minutes ago he was yawning his head off. Matt Gerald, how are you? I, I, I'm not bad, mate. As it's late again, and I have set the office up, but as I put the fire on downstairs, I've decided not to go upstairs to the new office and the new setup. So um, I'm you, uh, Obviously, if you've got the fire on, then you're, bit, you're earning too much money. Well, it's the wood burner, and oh, I'd right. get a lot of wood from work, so um, on that basis. And it is quite late, to be fair, and uh, I'm always up nice and early, take the dog for a spin in the morning. So, um, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm uh, not too bad, apart from, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All, everything's all good. All, um, November's here. Christmas is Christmas is nigh, but uh, all good. And so you know, another exciting week of football in the, in the Garden of England. Now, I'm going to take umbrage at you declaring that Christmas is nigh. Yeah. Uh, but when do you put the, the Gerard display up? Uh, well, there is people I work with who normally put it up this time. But we, no, I don't have it in November. But um, but I've got a funny feeling um, when I'm away, my wife might put the Christmas tree up. So the kids have been doing their uh, Christmas list um, this weekend. So they know it's coming. Um and of course, the days of very inexpensive things have gone and they want very expensive things. But I don't know if they'll get things like that. And if, a lot of gadgets and bits and pieces like that. But yeah, after really, I'll probably be brainwashed by um, the media. But normally Christmas, after fireworks night, Christmas, because by month, Sunday, all the Christmas decks will be in the shops anyway. And so you can't get away from it. Uh, I'm not having it. I mean, at the moment, to be honest, I haven't actually got any Christmas decorations uh, to put up. Oh, um, well, like when I lived on my own, I didn't put Christmas decorations up at all. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I never have. I I never did when I lived on my own. Um, but I think I might try and do something. I've got a couple of little bits and pieces. Um, but whether I end up getting a tree or not, uh, is 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 up for debate. I suppose is the way to put it. But you know, it's. It's not as if loads of people are going to see it, is it? So I'm not going to be ho- holding any soirees in my uh, in my little flat here. So, um, but yeah, we, I, I don't know. But I'm just going to say that until you get back from uh, your little jolly, I don't want to hear the c word again on this podcast. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, my jolly is getting closer and closer, and the more and more excited I am about my jolly. So. Yeah. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that I'm fed up with the supermarkets moving stuff. Uh, the um, the orange supermarket in in the sunny town of Eastbourne, during the pandemic, they had a big thing where they moved everything. And then about two weeks ago, they've had another big thing 
where they've moved everything. They've got to move the sandwiches because that's the law now, isn't it? Oh, honestly, it's just a nightmare. Like it, it's not just as it's, it's everything is moving. And, and there's a first world problems here. Um, I appreciate, but I, I decided I was because I've not been eating very healthily. So I said, right, I'm going to make myself one of my favourite pasta dishes. Um, and part of what goes in it is like these Italian sausages. And so I went to the Orange Supermarket yesterday and um, walked down the aisle where the sausages have been forever more and the sausages weren't there. And then I just had it in my head, right, well, I'll get all my other ingredients and I'll get the sausages on the way back past. And I completely forgot to go back. So about two o'clock this afternoon, I sat there and I was like, right, it's time to go and cook my dinner. And I walked over towards the fridge and I was like, I didn't buy the bloody sausages, did I? So, and I was having a proper lazy day today. I've been for a run and I was like, I'm not going to get dressed or anything. I'm just going to put my like, lounge gear on and just, I'm not going to do my hair or anything. I'm just going to sit in the flat all day. And I was like, oh, so I had to go down to another supermarket, the blue one, uh, if anybody's keeping count, um, and get the, get the sausages now. On the plus side of that, the sausages were on uh, on special offer if you had the blue ones big card. Uh, so I did manage to get the sausages probably cheaper than I would have done. So I did buy two packets. So next time I go to make it, I've got some in the freeze already. So uh, don't let me forget, um, especially the person who I'll probably be cooking it for next because I know you're listening. But yes, it was so very, very frustrating because it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't mind going to the supermarket. I never have minded it, but I like to know where things are. And I mean, even in uh, in the orange supermarket here, they have moved the cat litter is now round the corner from the cat food. And, and it just makes no sense at all what they've done. They've moved the, the toilet roll is now opposite the squash. You know, it, it's just absolutely insane. There is, there, there, you know, there's this, uh, this madness. There's a way of doing bits and pieces, isn't it, to break you buy more. So it would have been your brain would have been linked to this some way. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even know where the canned mushrooms are. That's how bad, you know, that's how bad <laughs> things are. I've literally just received that text as well. Um, but yes, it's um, it just does my head in, you know, like you, you, like you say, you get programmed to where things are. And I mean, even in the blue supermarket, they've moved the bloody sausages as well. But I did manage to find them because I was in there. That was all I was going in there for. So um, we are talking like a couple of middle aged men. really. We are. Again. I've got one more note here that of something I'm going to talk about, but we'll talk about it at the end. So just say to me at the end, August, right? August. Um, it's our 232nd episode this week, and that led me to the 232 Coffee Blend from Tiki Tonga, uh, which is a Guinness-flavoured coffee, apparently. Well, I like neither of those things, so please, no one buy me that for Christmas or any future celebrations. Uh, thanks very much. I've just said the drinks? C word. I've just said the C word after saying it was banned. Yeah. I cannot believe I said it. No one buy me that for blank or any blanks, future celebrations. Uh, coffee, do, you, do, you, do you drink hot drinks? I, I drink tea. Uh, oh, yeah. I like a cup of tea. I don't mind hot chocolate, but I cannot abide coffee. I think it's horrible stuff. But you see people, you know, they claim they can't function without it. And that advert, uh, I don't even know it was for. I think it must have been for Kenko with Stephen Merchant and the Cafficionado. I Honestly, I want to throw things at the telly when I hear that because it's just insane. And, like, you know, it. I don't understand all these lattes, mockers macchiatos exp- i don't understand any of it i don't want to understand any of it either have a cup of coffee or or don't i don't as far as i'm concerned so do have you heard about that bubble tea as well that's the big thing at the moment yeah there's a couple of them in eastbourne they're all over yeah I, I, again I, I don't drink hot drinks but i don't i, I to ask I, i've got no idea what it is but that seems to be if you're up with the kids or 
think from there, having a bubble tea is the way forward. So I've got no idea what it is, but it doesn't sound particularly exciting. But everywhere you go, bubble tea, it'd be one of these things that all these shops will close down in, in the space of a couple of six months, or I thought. I think the thing is as well is it, I don't know is bubble tea hot I don't, I've got I've got no no idea um but yeah I you know just don't mess about with things but it's all it, it all gets fashionable and people get carried away do you drink hot drinks not at all not at all nothing at all no since I've had my issues I only drink water and I haven't even had any beer for about um eight weeks as well so <laughs> so I'm just drinking a lot of water really yeah no, I, I'm so I, I look so young yeah, well, exactly. Um, yeah, it's very, very strange. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, let's get on with the show proper. We're going to start in the Eastman League South East, uh, where we've got new leaders. An emphatic win for Chatham Town over Hythe Town, which puts them top on goal difference ahead of Ashford and Ramsgate, who lost top spot with their home defeat to Sevenoaks. He continues a fine start to the season for the chat, who are unbeaten in the league since the opening day of the season. I caught up with boss Kevin Hake and started by asking him about going top of the table. Yeah, really pleasing, uh, John. Um, the boys have done great. We've had nine games in October, so it's been a sort of a mini World Cup for us. But boys have been fantastic, and um, yeah, nice to move to the top of the table after a nice win at the weekend. And obviously, Hyde are a good side. We had Steve Watt on the show last week, and they've been in quite good form. So to beat them as emphatically as you did, you've got to be really pleased with that. Yeah, really pleased. We know, you know, that there was going to be a well, you know, set up side and. No, they haven't conceded. I think they conceded six all seasons, you know. So to do it in one game was was sort of unreal. But um, look, mate, day and off day. I think um, Steve will admit that, and, and and we was we was on form. So sometimes these things happen. Has it been one of those where, you, in a little way, you've kind of gone under the radar this season because there hasn't been that many big big results. You've just been grinding out wins here and there, and I guess that one at the weekend has kind of made people say, actually, you know, Ch- Chatham look like they're the real deal this season. Yeah, I mean, look, we had a we we didn't have a great start to the season. We lost away at East Grinstead, and um, I think sometimes you need that shock, you know. And um, look, words were said to to, to players, and um, and we as management had a really good look at ourselves, and um, we've evolved sort of massively, you know. Since then, it's um, we had a chance to put things right against Faversham very shortly after that, and um, we've been sort of unbeaten, you know, since then, but. As I say, it's, it's, it's really early days, you know, John. So we're not getting carried away with things. We're just, you know, quietly going about our business because it can all change. We've got a, a really hard um, November. You think, oh, it's going to be easy in December, but it just doesn't. I mean, that's the nature of the league. You know, everyone's beating everyone. So it's going to be one of them. It's not going to be like last season where, you know, two teams effectively run away for it, for it for us, you know. We've talked before about the, the the step up between the Isthmian League or to the Isthmian League from the, from the Southern Carries. How have you found that? I think it's, um, it's it's refreshing um, because there's there's for me there's a big technical difference in the two leagues. You can you can almost you know chuck out at eleven and get away with it at, at, at the scaffold, but um, you have to be on your game. Um, and if you're not on your game, then you get punished for it, you know. So and I think that's the same with anyone, you know. So, so we go away to Beckham like the weekend and. I think you'd struggle to predict a scoreline, you know, for it because if if anyone's on their day, then they're gonna they're gonna beat you or take points off you, you know. So yeah, you've got to have your wits about you at all times, and the players have got to be up for it. So 
it's it's important from our point of view. We've developed a nice bit of squad rotation, and and also we've developed this season very very quickly, quicker than what I would have thought. But the ability to be able to change things, you know, for for individual games, and that's change things during the game. So it's um it's nice. You recruited quite well in the summer as well, didn't you? You didn't necessarily go out and buy like one or two really big names, but you just brought in a few players that know the level and experience, and that seems to be paying off. Yeah, it does um, at the moment. But look, you get some right. I mean, some players have come in and, and not been good enough, you know, and um, we've, we've had to make decisions sort of very, very quickly. Um, but, you know, the majority who've come in have, have come in and done well. They're seasoned at this level and some of them the level above. So that, that definitely helps. Um, but if I'm honest with you, I've underestimated, I underestimated the jump between the, the, the scaffold um, and the um, and we've had to adjust very, very quickly to, to to the fact that the level is is a step up. A lot of people said, uh, you know, people that do well, you know, going from the scaffold, and it's it's difficult. It's a difficult league, you know. It, um, the Ismian, it's for me, it's it's definitely you could, there's definitely a big notice in the level, the, the difference. You don't get teams getting beat, you know. We 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 had ten goals twice last season, you know, and um, it's just not going to happen. Very rarely does a team score past you know two or three goals, as you can see with the results so far this season. You mentioned that you're playing Beckham. You then got Sheppy on 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 Tuesday night as well. Two teams who came up at the same time as you, but they've had contrasting starts. But as you say that they're both going to be difficult games, aren't they? Yeah, without doubt. I mean, Beckham always never going to be easy. Sheppy always never going to be easy. And I think we've got um, Ashford, you know, the week after. So look, we're in no illusion that we're we're at top of the table at the moment. Being a week, it can it can change, and that's that's going to be the nature of this league. I don't think you're going to see a team running away with it. You're just going to see, you know, multiple changes, and you just got to not get too carried away with it. You know, um, going top. Yeah, we're top. We're top on goal difference. So as I say, we're not getting carried away. It's a great league, though, especially because, you know, obviously you've come from the Scaffold, which is a Kent league, and, and, and now there's so many Kent teams in the top. I think at the moment the top five are all from Kent. And I guess that having those those intense games is, is something that you're used to from the Scaffold. And, and I guess that helps the Kent teams as a whole in the league. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really nice to see, you know, the football's flourishing and attendances are flourishing. Um, as a result as well I think we're getting more and more attendances and, and other teams are as well because they just get you know, disillusioned with the you know, upper echelons of the game and they want to they want to see you know homegrown um, talent playing but also football that's real and and you certainly get it and you get that the great match day experience I mean all three games now you you cut your arm off you know to, to play in them and be involved in them like it was last year um, we had it obviously with Sheppey um, but in reality, the, the other games, they're not as big as, you know, the Eastfield ones. I think you've got something like 12 Kent teams in there that all of them are effectively local derbies, which is nice to see. And obviously, because you're not busy enough being the manager and chairman of Chatham Town, you're now also the chairman of Gillingham Women as well. How's that come about and how's it going so far? Um, yeah, it come about about three, three months ago. They put an appeal out and... Um, we, we sort of answered and had a series of meetings with the then owner and, and manager and um, yeah, we managed to sort of do a deal with them and you know, I couldn't really see a team that's in the third tier of of um, English football sort of go and we managed to do something where we could get them at the ground and and um, we've got our first game on Sunday as well um, yeah, which we're doing free admission to so yeah, feel free to come along and um, bring the family, see what 
it's all about um, women's football's on the up and I'm just glad we can play our part really it's one of those isn't it because obviously you know we talk a lot about the men's game and we go all the way down the men's game which you say Julian women are in the third tier of the women's game and, and the women are the European champions everything it is still on the crest of a wave and you know it's massive that we can have a, a team in Kent fl- flying the flag that high exactly no I mean it really is and um, it's only going to get uh, you know bigger and bigger you know Scott or, the, or the, the TV companies are getting more and more coverage you know the, the recent um, game at Wembley was the fastest selling game to sell out at Wembley um, for the not just for the ladies but for any game that's ever been um, done at Wembley so you can only see how much it's growing and growing and there's a there's a certain innocence about it that um, I really like I enjoy you know watching the games as well you know so it's um Yes, exciting times, and I'm just pleased we've been able to play our part and you know keep it going because there's a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears has gone to get the the club to that level, and to see them sort of go under would have um, would have been a travesty. Uh, what are the challenges, the differences between an Isthmian League club and, and and a women's club? Um, I mean, it's difficult, uh, you know, to sort of compare because you know one is League One, you know, third tier, and we're uh, we're the eighth tier, you know, so. The, the pull of the women's game, I think we can we can get a reach, you know, f- far beyond. But um, I mean, the girls said to me um, when we had a sort of meeting, you know, where do you see the club going? And I don't think there's any any limits on the club, you know, really how far it can go. You know, it's, it's the premier club in Kent. You know, we're playing now a decent, you know, facility that can, you know, comfortably hold four figures. Of, 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 of tendencies, you know. So, I think um, I think it's really exciting times, and you know, hopefully, the people at the camp will get behind us, and you know, we'll, we'll sort of see what we can do. We want to give the girls a nice match day experience, you know, similar um, to the men's, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's exciting times. We'll discuss the Gillingham women shortly, Matt, but Chatham doing very, very well. As I said to to Kevin there, they kind of went under the radar a little bit. You know, they were there or thereabouts. I didn't really realise until I was looking it up and before I chatted to him that they hadn't lost in the league since the opening day of the season. That's very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. home form, six games, six wins. So, uh, yeah, I think they have gone under the radar. We thought they'd have a good season, to be fair. Um, Kevin wasn't at Carol Arriman. He left in the summer. Kevin didn't do the job last year, did he? So they had a bit of a change. No, he did. He did. I think Kevin was... Kevin, Kevin was the manager last season as well. I think yeah. Carl Arman left the season before, so Kevin's been in charge. Yeah, so uh, pretty much continuity um, on that score. Then, yeah, again, the crowds are getting. When we when we went there, you could see they're a club definitely on the up. I, I fancied them to do again. I still fancy Sheppard to do quite well as well when they get going. But from beyond their wildest dreams, ten games into it, beginning of November, top of the table, scoring goals. Clearly, they, I think they probably had players last season who were too good for that level. And arguably, they found their level now. Like Jack Evans is such a good player. Bodkin, good player. Um, they just got that rhythm again of winning matches, home form, of getting superb gates. It's a, it's, a, it's a good combination for us in this division. It makes it really exciting at the top. And they've got some big games coming up. But if they can get through them... There's no reason why they can't think that, you know, definite playoffs, but they can go on and win the division. And it shows the investment you make off the field. If you do that right, people will come and watch, which means you can invest in the team and success will come. Because probably all in my time following Kemp, I don't think I've known Chatham as a 
Ryman Premier League club or an Isthmian Premier League club. So um, that'd be a fantastic achievement for them. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing, isn't it? That I've said this a lot, both on and off this show, but I like to see clubs that are doing things the right way. You know, it's, it, you see clubs that, that are spending money and, you know, I'm sure Kevin would admit, he'd be the first to admit that Chatham's wage bill is probably one of the bigger ones in in that division. Um, and I don't think that's any any secret. I don't think that's any dismissal. But they're backing that up because they're getting the crowds in and they're doing everything around the club. You know, it's it's not just... It's not just about turning up on a Saturday and, and, and chucking money at it. That They've made something really sustainable there at Chatham. And, and, you know, I've said that many times about them and about Sheppy as well. You know, I think they're doing it absolutely the right way. And as I said to him there, I, th- I thought they recruited really well. It wasn't like they went out and got one outstanding player. I suppose you could look at it the way that Sheppy recruited compared to the way Chatham recruited. And I think that's why those two teams are where they are in the league. I think... Sheppey went out and they got Aidan from from Corinthian, great goalkeeper. And then their other real big signing was Danny Leonard. And it was almost, Danny Leonard's a fantastic player, but it was almost they put a lot of their eggs in that one basket. Uh, Whereas Chatham, I think they went out and they they picked players, you know, that yes, they, they brought in a few players. Of course they did. But I think they picked players... Not necessarily the big names, but they, they went out and they just got good players in and they are reaping the benefits of it. And and he wants to play it down. Of course he wants to play it down, but they're going to be there or thereabouts come end of the season, aren't they? Oh, I thought so. You know, they've got a good score. You know, Sariva, I thought he was a class act when he was playing for, for, for Maystone a few years ago. Scores a lot of goals in those sort of levels. Um, Bradshaw, always scores goals. We know what Bodkin can bring. We know what everyone can bring. And I saw them. Um, um, Dan Thompson, that used to be at um, Margate, or I quite liked as a good set of forward. He's there as well. Yeah, they're just, just slowly putting it together. Um, a good sort of sub, Ben Bridal card, decent keeper. Looking at their lineup now, but yeah, I think they're going in the right direction. They've got a good squad, really good squad. Dan, Dan Bradshaw, not Tom Bradshaw, what I said. So always going to score goals, isn't he? He scored goals last season, and will score now. Yeah. And I think Eman as well has, has come in alongside him. He was at Corinthian last year. Yeah. Uh, and he, when I saw them, because uh, I saw them in the FA Cup, didn't I, right at the, at the very start yeah. of the season. And he was only on the bench that day. But when he came on, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And I kind of wondered how they were going to fit him into the team alongside Bradshaw. And they've done that. And, and I think that's a, a big thing for them. Because, you know, they've got two strikers there who are going to score goals. And, and, and I think that's uh, a real positive for them. And, and I think, you know, they've done... I just think they've done really well. But as I say, they, they have gone a bit under the radar. Do, do you know what I mean? We, we've kind of noticed, oh, yeah, they've won again. They've, they've, they've drawn. Didn't realise that their record, that 100% record at home as well. And, and, and that's a massive thing for them because, you know, they, they've built up the, the stadium to, to look quite well. And, and I think as well, I should have asked Kevin about this, but I, I think I've read somewhere that there's finally been some work done on the floodlights because a lot of people have said that the floodlights there aren't the brightest. Um, but I think that they're being sorted out now. And, and, you know, we've been there. I've been there a few times as well. A great place to watch a game of football. And, and the work they've done yeah. there is, is, is amazing. It's 717 against half. And, you know, as you mentioned, they've got plenty of Kent Derbys there. So people will go and watch the games. I just think it's a, you know, we've mentioned about Sheppey. We thought they would do well. Sheppey got the, the bragging rights last season, but at the moment it's going to be Chatham. And I'm, Within that, they're going to play each other in, in the week as well. It'll be a big game. But Chatham, he said he's not getting carried away, but they must be absolutely delighted with this um, 
10 games gone, top of the table. Um, some other big Kent games coming up, big Kent sides coming up. Some interesting times when they play these sides. Have they got enough quality in the squad? I think they probably have. Again, against Ashford, Tommy Warlow, experienced manager. Uh, he knows this level. Chatham are getting to know this level. So interesting times ahead of this division. We fancied, as I keep saying every week, we fancied one of our sides to win this division. I'm still pretty confident one of them is going to win it. And let's talk about Gillingham women as well, uh, Matt. Obviously, we saw a few months ago uh, that they were in trouble. We did actually try to get them on the show then, but we didn't, never got any response to that one. Um, but fantastic news to, that Kevin is widening his involvement in the game by taking over there as well. Uh, free entry for their game on Sunday against Oxford. Apparently, they are the favourites to win the league at Oxford. Uh, but great that people can go along and watch that. And, you know, we're a non-league podcast about Kent football we probably should be talking about women's football especially because it's so massive at the moment on the crest of a wave and they're in the third tier of women's football so there's no there's a lot of potential there and it's great to see Kevin a good football man heavily involved yeah it's I suppose I know that Gillingham it'd be interesting if they change the name I don't know from that will it come under the the guise of Chatham Football Club I know Gillingham and Chatham's not too far from each other, but it's a fantastic level that they play in. They left Gillingham and they had some difficulties with some owners. Um, I, I know a little bit about Kemp women's football because my mate Tom's girlfriend, Becky, plays for Ashford. And I think they're a couple of levels, they are a few levels below. But and speaking to her and sort of she said that there's a lot more buzz around it. They get a lot more people through the gates um, and, and people are enjoying the difference, for, you know, from men and women and the families are coming. So I think it's it, 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 it's a product, if you can call it that, like any football gears is a product that can attract people who come in. And as you mentioned, Chatham is a good venue to have it. The facilities are there. You can get a good crowd in, can handle that, and you, you can enjoy the facility. So it, it, it seems like a win-win situation, both for Gillingham women's football and Chatham, to, to further engross yourself in the community and get people involved and women's game is going from strength to strength and Chatham are taking that on board for themselves as well so yeah fantastic idea and it's good that Kevin's you know looking outside the box as well again as we said before community 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 if you can get that right and get a women's team on board I think is a is a no-brainer for any football club really I think so. And I think it's a, a real positive move for, for both parties. As you say, it's a, it's a win-win situation. Uh, no real losers in that one. Uh, let's look at the rest of the Eastman League Southeast action over the weekend. Uh, Cray Valley came from behind to beat three bridges. Uh, Beckenham lost 2-1 at Haywards Heath. Corinthia moved off the bottom despite losing 1-0 at Lansing. Uh, seven links beat Ramsgate by four goals to two. Ashford won 3-1 at Sittingbourne. VCD lost to a thriller 5-3 at home to Chichester. Faversham went down 6-1 at Whitehawk, and they have gone bottom after that defeat. Uh, the two games scheduled for Tuesday night are both waterlogged off before Seven Oaks drew 1-1 with Burgess Hill on Wednesday. Uh, this weekend, Ashford host Whitehawk, because we've already heard it's Beckenham against Chatham. Ramsgate travel to Burgess Hill. City won't go to Chichester. Corinthian are at home to VCD. It's Faversham against East Grinstead. Hythe take on Cray Valley PM. Sheppey United travel to Littlehampton and Seven Oaks host Lansing. Uh, there's four games on Tuesday as well. They all involve Kent sides. Faversham at home to Seven Oaks. It's Sheppey against Chatham. Hythe travel to Three Bridges and VCD head to Whitehawk, uh, which I can assure you, if the weather stays like it is right now, will be a hell of a night on the Sussex coast because that place is called the enclosed ground and that is the most 
inappropriate name for any football stadium in this country, I can assure you, because it's wide open and uh, never the nicest place to go and watch a game of football. It's a lovely atmosphere, actually. I really enjoyed it when I went there last season, but weather-wise, that wouldn't be that wouldn't have been fun tonight, shall we say? Then the thing about Faversham, there six-one defeat. I think Simon Austin, you know, he's got his um, you know, it's a difficult task there for that club to get it into it, get a bit of confidence into the team, but. You know, they won their first game at Ramsgate in the Cup. They've had a couple of placings in the league. So, uh, big few weeks, I think, for Faversham and Simon Austin, what he can attract in, in new players and get a bit of confidence in him. Yeah, so let's move on then to the Isthmian League Premier Division. And, of course, Matt promised us last week that we'll be hearing from Neil Hugley, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Neil was in the stands uh, on Saturday as folks in Victor beat Horsham 2-0 in the FA Trophy. Uh, a great result for them. Uh, and you may have seen the video where Adi Yusuf, one of the goal scorers, runs to the tunnel and celebrates with Neil Cugley. Uh, Neil Beautiful, Cugley, isn't it? That is. It's lovely. Such a, and, and again, lovely. that's not a celebration. That is a proper cuddle, isn't it, as well? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Proper, um, really, really great. So really, um, yeah, that, that, that would warm the cuddles of your heart, I think, anyway. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, as promised, Matt spoke to the now former uh, Folks and Victor manager, Neil Cugley, who resigned last week after... 25 years, 26 years in charge at, uh, I'm going to call it Cheriton Road, because I think it would have been that when he took over. Uh, and now you're going to hear from the man about his managerial career. Uh, first of all, Neil, you, you stood down as Folkestone manager. I was trying to work out what year was actually your first game as a manager when you were probably at Hyde. Were you a player manager then? Yeah, I was a uh, player manager at Hyde, yeah. Then I went to Folkestone Town for that while, uh, as the player manager. Then I went to Ashford as sort of player manager, and then, you know, as I was, I was seven years there, and I suppose the first two years I was player manager, and then um, let the others get on with it after that. So, so what, what year was your first game as a manager as well as playing? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot there now, aren't I? All I know, I think it was when I was 30, wasn't I? So, 36 years ago, yeah. Blimey. So, and going back to where you are now, you've had a fantastic, you know, we're trying to think, I can't think any manager would manage one club for 25 years. How difficult was it to sort of hand over the reins um, when uh, the announcement came? Yeah, not in the end. But, but to be fair to Mev and Ezzy, quite a lot anyway. So it wasn't like um, Ezzy, um, Mev does all the training anyway. Eddie does a lot of the team talk. So it wasn't that as difficult as uh, maybe it seemed. Um, and I said I was thinking of doing it at the end of the season. And I just thought, well, it's best to give them a bit longer, you know. And let's um, see how it goes between now and the end of the year. Uh, again... You're, you're now sort of, sort of. Are you sort of currently um, interim chairman of the club after the chairman had gone and trying to get investors in? What is your role now? Have you got a job title? Um, well, funny enough, I'm at the club now. We're just talking to the, the people involved to see where we're going, really, to what my what title I'll have till the end of the season, really. And um, yes, I'm I'm busy trying to get. I've been meetings after meetings to try and get investment and and move the club on, you know. So. That's one of the reasons I sort of stepped down because I've got so involved in that. Yeah. Have you got a talks with an investor to come in at the moment? Is that is it is it close? Yeah, we, we, well, ideally, I would like um, you know maybe up to ten people put some in rather than just one person because, as you know, when that happens, that <laughs> they lose the interest or don't want to do it, then it puts you all the way back again, doesn't it? Is that local Folkestone people, Shepway yeah, people that, who want to get yeah, involved? But, yeah, mainly people I know, really. So, yeah, they've been very good and done a lot of work around the ground, a lot of these people, and I'm, I'm hopeful uh, and things are going 
going well at the moment and hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks' time we can make an announcement. Uh, the level you're at, how much, I take it, you know, every level of football, you know, it, it could be a bit of a money pit. How much sort of money do you need to go through it? I'm not asking for factual figures, but have you seen that more and more it costs the club in the, to run things yeah. in your time? Of course, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, what's going on in the world anyway. But yes, yeah, generally players want more money as well because they're, they're travelling down and they've got more expenditure. There's more clubs that are willing to pay players more money. So you, you're, you're always, um, it is quite difficult now. I've got to be honest, it's um, a different animal than, say, even five, six years ago. You know, um, it's a very, um, it's very business-like now. All these clubs, you've got to be right on the ball. If you're not, you'll just go backwards. Again, um, were you surprised that the previous chairman stepped down? Again, it was announced after you'd lost to Merthyr, so I presume it was a bit of a double whammy that day. Yeah, it's disappointing, but it's a, that's it. I've had eight chairmen since I've been here, so it's not. It's uh, one of those things you just take on the chin and move on. But it's just caused a little bit of a problem, but we'll solve that problem. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, to be fair to Paul, he was here five years, so, you know, he, he had done well in that time, so, but we just move on. I don't worry about things like that, and, uh, I'm sure that we'll come out stronger at the end of it. Have you had to? Have the club had to cut the budget? I know you, you're not taking a wage anymore. Is that part of it as well? Yeah, that's part of it, really. Yes, that's part of it. But no, at the moment we're not looking to release or sell any players or anything like that. You know, we've, we've had good cut runs and still in the FA Trophy as well, so that's helped. And I'm hoping this investment will get us um, get us over the line to the end of the season. Back to you now, of course. Twenty five years. Um, I suppose there's some been ups and downs, and we were saying, you know, the way you handled, you know, that terrible tragedy of Paul Sykes was probably one of the mm-hmm. one of the lows. And, you know, did you think about, you know, that was a shock to everybody? Did that really hit you hard? That thinking, do I need to do this? Um, at that time, I think more a few. Funny enough, a bit later on, really, with that one, that was like I remember driving around, I was doing a bit of delivery for somebody, had to stop the van, and I've got to admit, you know, I broke down a little bit then, but. Um, and now, even now, when you talk about it, now I go a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it was horrendous. Something you don't expect to go through as a football manager, obviously, and uh, you're not trained for that, you know. So that was, that was difficult, but uh, obviously I still know the uh, wife Carly well, yeah. and she's a lovely lady, and she was at a game not long ago, so that's nice. Uh, okay, but as, as a, what has been your main highlights? You've had numerous promotions, you've had a few relegations as well. But it's, you've seen the highs and lows of football management. No, yeah, just. I think really when we went to CBA and, and saving the club, really, I think that's got to be the, the main thing of um, still putting out a good side and getting good attendances, even though we were, that was sort of the rock bottom, you know, but uh, a lot of people helped out then um, and got us going. I think that was, you know, that's, that was it really. Seven years ago, I think it was about then, that was the hardest time and we moved on from then and uh, I'm really proud of that. Putting you on the spot here. Who is the best player, you would say, either, either a couple of ones, the best player you've managed and, or, yeah, you'd say, wow, I, I, if we had 11 of them, you'd be perfect. Uh, one of the best, I'd say, in a lot of ways, Adam Flanagan, really. Yeah. Son of Arf, obviously, played for a couple of years and went on to yeah, get promotion at Dartford and all that. He was, he was a beast, mate. <laughs> He's a beast. And, uh, but I've had some good ones. I have had some good runners and very good forwards, obviously, that uh, we've managed to sell over the years. And, and, you know, that's how kept the club going at some times, you know. And, and that's how teams like folks, that have, you know, these days have got to compete. If you can bring the youngsters and get a dime, rough diamond and sell him on, that's the way forward, is it? Of course 
On Saturday, how was it when you woke up? You thinking, oh, I'm not managing the team, and I saw a picture of you watching from the sidelines. Were you sort of kicking every ball and thinking, oh, I'll change that there and then, or did your mind switch uh, off? Well, I didn't know where to go. Really, that's the hardest thing. I've been <laughs> on the dugout since say 35 years, or on the pitch, and uh, didn't really know where to stand. So that was the hardest thing. But um, no, generally, it was alright. So I was so delighted we won, and you know, I used to support folks when I was a child. So it's it no exchange really. So, and what will um, uh, the new management team, what will they give different to what you've given, would you say? Um, I'm, I'm hoping they might, well, I'm trying to make it so they don't have to worry about anything else but the football. That, that's obviously why I've got the meetings at the moment, is to, you know, take off the things I sort of had to do around the club, you know, since we went nearly broke. And I'm going to make sure that they can just come in and just worry about the football and not, not worry about everything off, off the pitch. You'll still be there every game, will you? Yeah, 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 so be and uh, yeah, home and away. So still carry on like that. Still love the club and uh, support everybody through it all. Again, you've, I presume you must be. You've had some absolutely wonderful, you know, on social media people sort of singing your praises. How does that make you feel? No, you're obviously proud, aren't you? You know, you just, that's what it, you know. He does knock, knock you back, and a lot of people I haven't seen for years texting me and phoning me and. Yeah, that, I can't, you know, it's been very, very, very humbling, I've got to say that. Yeah, tw- tw- 25 years in, you know, where I work, I'm going to be there 25 years coming up. So 25 years in a, in a <laughs> one football job. Do you think you'll ever see that again? No, I think it's harder for the managers now. I do really think it's harder for them, you know, I think two to three years would be the max at most clubs because just the, with the social media and the pressure on managers and the money that's going into football clubs it, it, it doesn't stop do you one minute you're getting promotion the next 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 season they want you out you know and it, that's hard it must be very difficult oh lovely that Matt uh, as you say as you said last week a, a great football man and you know it, it, what what I love there was you said to him what are the highlights and, and it wasn't anything on the pitch it was keeping the club going and and he's as he said there I supported Folkestone as a boy and uh, and and he's still there now what a man what a legend yeah, absolutely. I think uh, legend is overused, maybe in football, but what he is, and he is the, probably the nicest man you could ever likely to, um, to to talk to about football. He's quite happy to talk about football and the issues that he's gone through. But it, that's what, what I'd get, and when I was talking to him, I mentioned it before, I remember him when Hive, back in the day, early 90s, had a lot of money and he was sort of involved there, managing there. So he's been managing for, what, 35, 30 odd, you know, years? Which is absolutely amazing. He's still early 60s, still a fit man, um, still had the hunger, um, and now he's got to do a job. And the most important thing is that Folkestone as a club can progress. Um, and I think anybody to sell Folkestone, Neil Cugley's the man to do it because he knows exactly uh, what, what the club can achieve. Um, and he knows the heartache of nearly going out of business. And the, and the delights of promotion. So, and if he can get people in, and interesting what he said there as well. He said that if we can get ten or so people bringing putting money in rather than one, that can um, 
spread it out a bit and not have the issues that they've got. So clearly work are going on behind the scenes. Um, fingers crossed they can get that over the line. Um, and Neil can maybe enjoy his retirement. Interesting. Do you think he's uh, after if he's done that and he's not part of the consortium or not the chairman? Do you think? Uh, wonder if he'll have the bug to get one one more one more job in him, as they say. I don't think he will. Do you know what? I think he's he's so uh, he's Mr. Folks and Invicto, and I think it would have to be something very very special for him to. And as he said there, you know, he's he's been taking a back back seat a little bit yeah. anyway. He said Michael Everett's been doing the training, Roland Edge has been doing a lot of the team talks and stuff. So. You know, and he's still around the place anyway. So I don't think anything's particularly changed uh, in that aspect. And I, and I think, no, I think we have probably seen the last of, of Neil Cugley in the dugout. He said he was going to uh, stop being manager at the end of the season anyway. So I think it's it's probably time that, that we just kind of actually say that he's been an absolute legend for Kent football in the dugout. And I'm sure that there's challenges and, and there's involvement ahead off the pitch. But as a manager... I think Neil Cugley is done and all we can say is, well, thank you, Neil, for for what you've done for, for Kent football. And, and I'm sure every single person associated with Folks and Victor would say exactly the same. You know, that, that club has punched above its weight on several occasions. Uh, and, you know, the, the, for me, I, I know he said that he, he didn't really say about his achievements on the pitch, but the way that they've stabilised in the Ismini Premier Division is a massive achievement because, you know, before that they'd been stuck in the southeast for a while. They'd had kept losing in the playoffs and then they've gone up and they've just been a constant threat up there. And, and it's such a shame that they've been close, but they've not quite managed to get over the line and get into the National League South. But who knows, that could happen in the future, couldn't it? Yeah, it's, they haven't started this season particularly great, but I'm sure they're, they're heading in the right direction. Good result of the weekend and the trophy. Um, now a chance for the new managerial team to have a look and move them up the league. And I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, and again, Neil will always be there if they need a bit of advice. Neil Cugley will definitely be there to help them out. But yeah, fantastic achievement. And as we said, I don't think anything we'll ever see again. As we said last week, Folkestone were the only one of our teams left standing uh, in the FA Trophy. And, and their reward for that victory over Horsham is a trip to Beaconsfield Town, where they'll probably fancy their chances of making it through to the third round proper. So uh, a good result for them. Our National League South sides have joined the fray uh, at this stage, the draw was very, uh, I think it, could, it was very much just north and south, wasn't it? Because uh, Dartford have ended up with a trip to um, Swindon Supermarine. Uh, Tumbridge Angels will be at home to Bracknell Town. Welling at home to Haven't Waterlooville. That's a tough tie for them uh, as they're a little bit out of touch at the moment. Uh, Ebbsfleet United are at home to Eastbourne Borough. And of course, the fifth of our National League, t- National League South teams are Dover Athletic. And I'm sure the people of Uxbridge are eyeing an upset, Matthew, aren't you? Um, I have to say, when we get talking about this, um, the FA Trophy should be a major priority for David this season. So, at least they didn't get absolutely away like they did in the FA Cup. Uxbridge, hope, I don't know what league Uxbridge are in. I, don't, I haven't even checked how they're doing. Um, it's a good draw for Dover. Um, hopefully we can beat Uxbridge. And then my dream of going far in the FA Trophy, not many other teams take it seriously, but... Uh, I definitely would uh, take it seriously if I was the David point of view. So a decent draw early doors for us. Yes, Uxbridge are 12th in the East Mid League South Central Division. So the same league as uh, as the equivalent level of, of Chatham, etc. Uh, but they are 12th with uh, 14 points from their nine league games so far. So uh, Dover should be looking to get all of the points there. Let's, uh, let's stay with the National League South then. And uh, the big game was on Wednesday night. 
and uh, Ebb Street United won it. Uh, they were, they went to Haven at Waterlooville and secured a win, which actually took them back to the top of the table because Dartford, even though they played a lot more games, did briefly move above them uh, after Dartford's big win over Welling on Tuesday night. Uh, but Ebb Street United, genuinely now, Matt, can anyone stop them? Form Dartford are in. Maybe they've got a chance now. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good result for Ebb Street. I think they're probably taking a point, scoring it late on. Um, they seem to have that little bit of extra now that probably affected them a little bit last season. Not necessarily not in the final, but in other games where they didn't have that, that sort of game management and that now to do it. So they're in a very good position, very good position. And now we can change a little bit, but Dartford doing well. Christmas will be key, I suppose, when you look at it, when they'll be playing each other, Dartford and Ebbsley. Band word. So at the beginning of January, we'll know a little bit more because um, they'll be playing each other. But yeah, you'd have thought they've got the quality to go on and win it. But other sides will look at it and you will think maybe they'll have a bit of a blip then other sides might be able to come in. But yeah. Looking good for them. Fantastic result against Havard and Waterloo, who seem to have slipped up a little bit recently as well, So, which will please them because no love lost between the two clubs. No, um, absolutely not. Dartford, as you say, though, they are in a great run of form uh, and they beat Welling by five goals to one on Tuesday night. And, and uh, Welling, on the, on the flip side of that, they're, they're in a, a really bad run of form. So um, you kind of will look at that at the moment and, and you fear for Welling a little bit. You're at Dartford on Saturday, so you'll be able to see if... if uh, how they've improved, I suppose, since you were last there. Um, but I just worry for Welling because they, they had a really good start and boy, has it tailed away. Yeah, interesting because when I saw Welling against Dover. I think they were in the start of their decent run or, or in the middle of that decent run. But yeah, I thought Dover probably should have beaten um, Welling. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a surprise. You know, they had a good result against Debsley. We went down to nine, but they've shipped four against Braintree, five against Dartford. Um, I know there's a little bit of pressure on the manager, would you say? Uh, you know, where they were last season, Wellinger in an upward division. But again, they've got a new owner, a bit of investment, and maybe the fans thinking they should be doing a little bit better. But I think Warren Feeney talks a good game. I think he knows what he's doing. He's a good manager. Um, so, I, it's uh, you know, there has been talk about getting get the boot, I think. We heard from somewhere. But I think they would probably keep with him because I think he's a good manager. Just... At the moment, just not working out for them. He's had plenty of investment as well, and I'm sure he will be invested um, into the squad um, with a with a with an owner and chairman who's um, quite uh, you know keen to get the club moving. So yeah, a bad blip, but we'll have to turn it around pretty fast. But um, yeah, am I surprised? Um, not well. Um, I am a little bit because I think they've got some good players, but maybe just one of those times that. You know, every team has a blip. They're unfortunately, Welling are going through theirs now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's it's difficult because you don't know what the expectations are. But I think the way that they started, and that's that's always what worries me, is is when you see a team that that starts the season well and then kind of tail away, and, and you wonder why that's happening. Um, you know, the, the players don't become bad players overnight. They don't become world beaters overnight. So. You do just look at that and 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 kind of, I guess you kind of wonder. Uh, Tunbridge Angels was supposed to be at Worthing uh, on Tuesday night, but that game was postponed. 
not due to a waterlogged pitch because the pitch is a 3G pitch, uh, but because of damage to the uh, to the surround to the stands. I think it was and, and flooding around the outside of the pitch. So that was a bit of an unusual one uh, at the weekend. Uh, Dartford were three 0 winners over Weymouth. Welling beat Hungerford by a goal to nil. Dover Athletic were 1-0 winners away at Bath City. Taunton Town, though, was not a happy hunting ground for Tunbridge Angels as they lost that one 4-1 and Ebsleet drew 1-1 at Hemel Hempstead. And Taunton, Matt, I think almost all of our teams have been there so far and I don't think anyone's come back with a result. They're not doing particularly well, Taunton, in the table, but they just seem to have some sort of Indian sign over our sides. I think um, they're really good at home. I don't think they've lost at home this season. I think they lost at home last season. So, yeah, Tunbridge... Sort of sorted their home form out. They're not difficulty away from home. So yeah, I think they've had a good season, Tubridge. So I wouldn't be too disappointed. I think Taunton is is a tough place to go. It's a long old trip. Um, yeah, just put it on as a bad day. Uh, smattering of fixes in that league this weekend. Uh, Dartford at home to Braintree, a game that Matt will be at, as I just mentioned. Um, Tumbridge Angels at home to Bath, and then next midweek Dover go to Chelmsford on Monday night, uh, and then on Tuesday. It is Hampton Richmond against Ebsfleet, Concord Rangers against Tunbridge, Wellinger at home to Slough, and Dartford must have that must be when Dartford moved the game, didn't they? So that's obviously are these, are these the games that were moved when when the Queen popped her clogs? Uh, the Queen, these were the games this weekend because Dover should have played Slough on Tuesday, but they didn't because they moved it. So it's there. There was games, so certain games have been moved again, sort of rearranged various bits and pieces, but. No, this week was the Queen's Games. All right, absolutely. Get you. I get you, I get you. Um, obviously, we haven't really talked there about the FA Cup, which Absolute United are still in. Uh, the last non-league Kent side flying the flag. Uh, not the tie that they would have wanted against Halifax, but I guess, Matt, with the form that they're in, and even though Halifax have picked up a little bit of late, they'll be fancying their chances, won't they? Oh, well, good at home. And Absolute don't lose football matches, which is um, half the battle. They haven't lost all season, have they? So... Um... I, I think what is the is the FA Cup a priority? I think it probably is for Ebsleet. Um, and again, if you can get into the second round, you can sniff the first, the third round. I think it's a good draw for Ebsleet. Um, surprised again, some of the sides who were in the first round were allowed to pull off their games midweek, but maybe haven't and and Ebsleet not being the best of friends haven't said no. Um, I think it's a decent draw. I think. Um, I think they can do a job and I expect them to do well and beat Halifax to further cement a fantastic season for them. Uh, let's move on to the National League then. When And two draws this week for Maidstone United. Matt, you were obviously there uh, on Saturday when they played Yeovil. They played Solihull uh, on Tuesday. That one finished that one finished nil-nil. I don't know, mate. Do you think they are, that's a good pair of results? Would they have taken two points when we were talking this time last week? And, and what did you think of them on Saturday? Um, they got better as the game went on. Yeovil scored. Um, a decent header outside the box when the uh, Mensa didn't really react and it was a good header from Fisher who I thought was Yeovil's best player he led the line pretty well Maystone drew, grew into the game without creating too many chances one um, Jack Barham header which was well saved by the goalkeeper I thought it was a soft penalty I have to say in the final minute but a quality penalty from Regan Booty um, they looked at side low on confidence I thought um Maidstone. Um, I couldn't see there's too many goals in the team. Um, but the interesting thing was, like minutes before uh, that, there was, you know, there's definitely a bit of disharmony between the supporters and the club because chance of, you know, we want Hackens getting sacked in the morning. 
um, sack the board and things like that. The goal went in. That sort of bit of um, um, you know, everybody was happy at the final whistle. A good point and, a, and a, an equally good point against Solihull. And I know it's it's an awful day yesterday, but the crowd was only fifteen hundred and seventy-one. And and I'm sure last season, last season, when they were doing well, they'd have got two thousand at that if the weather was bad because people want to watch a winning team and they're not winning matches. Um, they are. I think it's going to be a struggle for them unless they can find a goal scorer. I quite like Jack Barron, but they haven't really got a target man up top. And they were easily stifled out by a Yeovil team. And Yeovil, once they got the one goal, they didn't really, again, another side lacking in confidence, um, didn't show it in. But Maystone showcased. Booty's a good player. Deacon's a good player. Um, get them on the ball. They can cause problems. And I see coming up, I think they've got Scunthorpe and Oldham, as well as Eastley. Away, Eastley, a good side at home. But the next two, three games, I think, there's a chance of getting some points. And if they can do that, they're going to be headed in the right direction. So, but on that, it could be a long hold season for them, I think, looking at that. It's got a strength. They need a striker from somewhere, I would say. I guess the only thing was that surely scoring as they did on Saturday, the the people, the fans will have gone home happy. And I, and I guess that's, you know, sometimes you can draw and it can feel like a win. And I, and I guess for them, with a team that had a new manager in charge, you know, an established team who were in the championship not long ago. It didn't, they played Jovel in the FA Cup, didn't they, at some point? And, they, and it was a, a, it was like a, they were leagues apart. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I guess it sent people home happy, but by the sounds of it, the, the atmosphere still wasn't, wasn't great around the place. Yeah. Again, there was chance of, again, it might have got nasty if they didn't get a last minute equaliser, but they did. Um, and that may be the turning point of the season. As I say, thought it was a soft penalty. But that, that you know, they've got some decent players. The keeper came in, Sanford had did a decent job. Um, yep, they move on. Uh, and then haven't got a game this weekend, which may do them a favour, gives them a, a week or so to, as they've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them. But I think Hackett Harrison at the moment is the man for the job. But you feel that, from what was listening to the supporters there, once they get another defeat, he's going to be on the back. So he's under pressure to pick up some three points anyway. Uh, probably were beaten 1-0 at Maidenhead uh, on Saturday, but they bounced back by getting a point at Notts County on Tuesday nights. Just just nothing special going on at Bromley at the moment. I guess they want that to change. Uh, no games. That's a, a decent result, though. And a good it is. cheek. Was that Chief's first goal of the season? I don't score many, so... No, it is a good result. But, you know, there's nothing that's getting people... Or, Getting people out of their seats is there at Bromley at the moment. I guess that's the thing. Consistency, really. You know, losing to Maidenhead and then drawing at Notts County. If if you're going to get in the playoffs, you've got to be beating Maidenhead at Maidenhead, I think. Absolutely. Uh, no games on Saturday in the National League, uh, obviously because of the FA Cup, which both of our teams were knocked out of. Uh, on Tuesday night, Maidstone head to Eastleigh, and then on Wednesday, it's Bromley against Woking. Uh, let's move on then to the Southern Counties East League, where there was an absolute thriller uh, on Saturday at Whitstable. First time game in charge for Marcel Namani. And it finished 2-2 uh, with the leaders, Irith and Belvedere. Irith and Belvedere thought they'd won it with a 90-second minute goal. But five minutes later, Whitstable Town found a level of 507 people there to see that game. Uh, and, and and a great advert for the scaffold by all accounts, Matt. Yeah, Whitstable, uh, that's, that's a good result for them, really, since the issues that they've had at um, the start of the season, the, the new management team seems to have done a good job. 
Erith and Belvedere showed a bit of character which the ball, which I think earlier in the season they might not necessarily have seen um, from coming back from behind. And like I say, great crowd of 507 shows the potential of the club. So uh, um, I suppose Erith and Belvedere will be happy with that because that's, you know, you know, disappointed, but before the game, you've probably taken a point. Yeah, and of course, what's going on with Whitstable at the moment? Um, I'm sure many people will have seen the interview uh, with the Sheppey United chairman, Matt Smith, uh, with regards to what looks like it could be quite an exodus of players from Sheppey to follow uh, Marcel Namani down to Whitstable. Uh, I haven't seen that, John. Was that, was that so? Oh, so Matt Smith did a big interview uh, over the weekend, the Sheffield United chairman, and in it he mentioned that a number of Sheffield United players have been uh, approached by which Seven days, are they? Yeah, but I, I'm told that actually seven days don't make much difference to that. But some players are under contract and they want to go uh, to, to Whitstable, apparently. Uh, and there have been some players, uh, well, particularly... No. Billy Bennett has been registered apparently by Whitstall Town, uh, yet Sheppey United insists that he remains a Sheppey United player. And it's a very, very difficult situation because I understand exactly where both parties are coming from. I understand Whitstall Town and Marcel want to bring in players and he wants to bring in players that he knows and trusts. I understand that the players may, the players, it's up to them. If they want to play for Whitstall, they can go and play for Whitstall. But the difficulty is, I understand the Sheppey situation. They've got all these players in. Uh, a lot of them are registered, a lot of them are under contract, and they don't want to lose their best players. So all in all, to be honest, it's a pretty messy situation. And it, and it's a shame to see, um, you know, the Sheppey team in danger of being of falling apart in the way that it has. And it's also a shame to see the, the, the bad blood, really, between the between two parties who, this time last year, were working in perfect harmony in, in Marcel Namani and Sheppey United. And now... Uh, very, very fractious. And, and, you know, it doesn't really do anybody any favours w- w- when this sort of stuff is happening. But ultimately, I suppose, if if you if these players don't want to play for Sheffield United anymore, ha- how can Sheffield United cope with that? It's a, it's a difficult one. I'm sure Jack Midson, when we had him on a couple of weeks ago, I think he sort of summarised he'd like to bring in his own players. And from a manager's point of view, you probably think, if they don't want to play for me, I don't really want him there because it could cause problems in the dressing room around the club um how how many players could this be john do we know numbers i think it's about half a dozen perhaps so it's um, quite a lot of yeah you know, and, and a lot of the players who were key to Sheppey's success last season are, are on that list you know and that's where it's that's where it's difficult and and you know i think Sheppey united have come out fighting and, and you know fair play to matt smith it's a very passionate interview actually so if you haven't seen it uh, it's on the Sheffield United YouTube channel and it's been on all their socials. Um, and, you know, he wants the best for his football club. And I and I just hope that it can all be resolved amicably because I know that Matt and Marcel got on absolutely fantastically uh, in their time together uh, at Sheffield United. And, 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 you know, I guess everybody just wants the best and unfortunately not everyone can be happy in that situation. No, no, it's an interesting one. Players... Um, only love you when they're playing, aren't they? Where the song used to go. So interesting with Sheppard, you know, it's a great season last year. Now losing some players. You'd have thought players would at least give it a chance in the higher level. Um, you know, what after they run away with it last season. But I suppose we're at this level of football. You, you want to work and work and play with people you, you, you trust and know you've worked with before. So. Sometimes it's no surprise, but I suppose the only loser out of this could be Sheppey. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at the rest of the results in the scaffold. 
uh, at the weekend. Some some goals floating around in there as well, which is always handy. Uh, it finished Deal Town 2, Stansfeld 3. So a disappointing result uh, for Deal, but another fantastic win for Stansfeld. Uh, K-Sports 2-1 winners over Irith Town. Glebe hit 8 as they beat Canterbury City 8-1. Uh, Marcel McDonald with a hat-trick in that one. Uh, Holmesdale 2-1 winners at Hollands and Blair. Kennington beat Phoenix Sports by two goals to one. Punjab United 2-1 winners over Beersted. Uh, it was Rustall 2, Lordswood 2. Tunbridge Wells beat Wellingtown by a goal to nil. And then a few games did survive the weather in midweek. Uh, K-Sports 4-0 winners over Kennington uh, on Monday. And then on Tuesday night, just a solitary game in there. And Lordswood 1-0 uh, winners at Wellingtown. And Lordswood, on the slime out, have, have leapt up the table. I'm looking at the league table now. So I see please for Punjab on Saturday. They got a result. Please for them. So after their disappointing, look at the league table. Yeah, Lawsford have moved up nicely up to seventh position. Massive result for Stansfield against Deal. Deal, it's not really working out for them much at this moment, is it? Fifth place. We're disappointed with that. And I see they've gone out of the Challenge Cup as well to lid on penalties tonight as well. So. I know they wanted to, he wanted to win a cup competition, uh, Steve King, but yes, it hasn't really started well for Deal at the moment. Disappointing for them, but great result for Stansfield. I have to say, they've done absolutely brilliant this season. Yeah, they have. We'll talk more about Stansfield shortly, but uh, a bit of worrying news over the weekend for Harry Lavender at Kennington, uh, who sustained a broken kneecap in their game on Saturday. Uh, and the club have set up a GoFundMe page uh, to help him. Uh, they've already raised more than £2,000 uh, of a £3,000 um, £3, aim. Uh, he's just started his own self, self-employed self window cleaning business. And now he's going to be out of work for at least three months. He's got a mortgage to pay. So, um, you know, if you can donate, uh, we did retweet that from the uh, from our account. So if you can, uh, if you have got anything that you can uh, that you can do to help Harry, then uh, I'm sure he would be very, very grateful and everyone at Kennington as well. Uh, Fisher, we talked last week about their uh, FA Vars game at Stoneham, uh, which they won on penalties last week. Well, they also won it on penalties this week as well. It was 3-3. <laughs> uh, they trailed three times in that game, uh, but they fought back and this time they did win on penalties. Everybody who was on the pitch should have been on the pitch. Everything was sorted and now Fisher are definitely through in that competition. So I'm glad they won on penalty because if they'd lost that, that'd be, you'd have been, I hope they give it large to the other Stoneham as well when they won because um, that would have been an absolute farce if they've gone out of that competition after what went on. So, yeah, <laughs> glad that, what a nice way to win it probably. I suppose if you said beforehand, you've got to win this game, do you want to win it on penalties? They'd probably say yes to, to rub it into the, after that ridiculous decision. Yes, uh, in the first division, Faversham Strike Force 2 1 winners over Lewisham Borough on Saturday. It was FC Armstead 1, Whiteleaf 1. Uh, Forest Hill Park lost 3 0 at home to Larkfield and New Hythe. Uh, Greenways 6, Croydon Athletic. Greenway 6, Croydon 4. Uh, Greenways were 6 1 up after 49 minutes of that game, as they obviously let things slip late on. Uh, Meridian VP 1 0 winners over Lidtown, who have gone off a, a cliff a little bit of late. Uh, Rochester beat Bride and Ropes 2 0. SC Thamesmead 4 1 winners over Bermondsey Town. And Tooting Beck beat Staplehurst Monks by three goals to nil. In one second. Right at the top of the division there, isn't it? It is. And one game, there was one game on Wednesday night in there as well. Uh, FC Armstead, 4-1 winners uh, at Bryden Ropes. But yeah, it's very tight at the top there uh, in, in that division. It's all it's just brilliant, the scaffold, isn't it? You can't ever complain. Right. Uh, this weekend, big game on Friday night. Stansfeld against Glebe. Uh, obviously, that is both teams are at home. Uh, but Stansfeld against Glebe on Friday night, that should be a really, really good game. If you get the chance to get along to that one, I would really, really recommend it. Then on Saturday, it's Beersley against Stumbridge Wells. 
Canterbury against Fisher, that's a two o'clock kickoff. Irith and Belvedere host Rustle. A couple more two o'clock kickoffs. Homesdale against K Sports and Lordswood against Irith Town. Uh, Phoenix Sports take on Hollands and Blair. Sutton Athletic host Deal Town. It's Wellingtown against Kennington and Whitstable take on Punjab United. Uh, and then in the first division, it's AFC Whiteleaf against SC Thamesmead, Bermsey Town against Brilliant VP, Brydon Rapes against Forest Hill Park, Croydon take on Snodland Town, uh, Greenways meets Tooting Beck, Lartfield and New Hyde at home to Rochester United and Lewisham Borough against Lyd Town. So plenty of football there to whet your appetite over the over the the busy busy weekend uh, that we've got ahead. And, and you know it's, it's bonfire night. It's, it's, it should be uh, all set for a, for a, a nice weekend. Let's hope there's lots of fireworks, Matt. Eh? Hey. I've got my fireworks puns lined up for Darfur on, uh, on Saturday. So if you want to listen to Radio Kent and hear some of them, you can more than listen to, listen to. But yes, big games coming up. Fingers crossed absolutely can get through in the cup. Um, yeah, uh, and let's let's keep up the, uh, the good season we're having so far. Some good, some cracky looking fixtures out there. So um, uh, they're hoping with, with the Premier League stopping shortly with the games that some of the, the um, attendances will improve. So again, if you are a fan of this and you want to go and watch some football while the World Cup's on? I think um, I'll probably start at the Scaffold and the, and the um, Ispian South East Division. We've got some good sides in there and there'll be plenty of action. So I presume a lot of clubs will be doing that. Maybe little offers out. So we'll keep you informed if they do things like that. I think I did see actually that uh, Larkfield and New High they've done a little offer on Saturday. Uh, if you're a Maidstone United season ticket holder, you can get in for nothing. Uh, to watch Lartfield and New Highlands game in the Scaffold First Division on Saturday. So uh, why not make the most of that? With with the Stones not in action, uh, there may be some Mason fans who want to go and, uh, along to that. Uh, are you going to a fireworks display over the weekend? Uh, well, I think the um, Broadstairs one is normally a free one in the town by over the sea, so over the seafront. So um, I'm sure we want to down there if it's not chucking it down with rain. Yeah, so I'm not, you know, once you've seen one firework, you've seen them all. But um, uh, we will, uh, yeah, if the weather's good, we'll probably pop out and do it. Uh, the only fireworks I'm bothered about on Saturday are tiny indoor ones. Uh, that's a reference to a song, which hopefully some people may get, but probably most of you won't. But let's just say I'm going to Leeds on Saturday and the best band in the world are playing uh, on Saturday evening. Well, I am going to some fireworks on Sunday. Uh, I am hot-footing it back down uh, from up north. And there is a display in Tunbridge on Sunday, which I will be attending. So if you're at those that's fireworks... Why they, well, you thought they'd be doing it on the 5th rather than the 6th. Well, I, I don't know why it is, but literally when I was discussing the the, the weekend, uh, the conversation was along the lines of, if you find some fireworks on the 6th, we'll go. So we Googled some fireworks for the 6th and that's why we're going to Tunbridge hmm. on Sunday. So it's nice that it's spread across the weekend, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully good, yeah. it'll that's be nice a... It. Good display, brought my ticket have you, have, you seen, have you heard many out now, normally about a week before? I've, I've heard a few. I yeah. mean, where I am, I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, well, you know where I live. So, yeah. the, I mean, out the back of my house, is just fields. So there's not many uh, fireworks going off in them, thankfully, because I don't think the sheep like them very much. Um, but no, I've, I've not heard of loads. And obviously, I've already been to a, a really big firework display uh, in Eastbourne because we had ours on the 1st of October. So... Um, but yeah, it's, um, it should be nice. I'm looking forward to to the whole weekend, actually, seeing some mates um, on Friday and Saturday uh, and having a weekend off. This is my 10th day of 11 uh, that I've worked uh, and yeah, weekend off. And then I'm also off on Monday. So I get to spend uh, a bit of time with my new favourite person. Um, I was going to say um, August. August. Yes. So I moved into these flats uh, in August and there is a sign up on the uh on the wall out on the in the corridor 
And it says that for Monday, the 12th of August, they will be doing some work on the fire doors. And it was only about three or four days ago that I thought to myself, was Monday, the 12th of August this year? And it wasn't. And I don't even know when the last Monday, the 12th of August was. But that sign has probably been up for four or five years. <laughs> so I, I feel like I should take it down. You know, there, there is, it's obviously a, it's supposed to be a useful piece of information, but it it, it really, really isn't. I'd, I could look up when the last time it was the 12th of August was a Monday. Um, but it's it certainly wasn't this year. Uh, let me have a quick look. So this year. The, are, are, they, are they OK? Oh, if you do have a fire, you'll be OK, you think? So this year, the 12th of August was a Friday. All right, so yeah. So what's that telling you? So 2021, it must have been a Thursday. Leap year in 2020. So that would have made it, I don't know, it's a Wednesday in 2020. So it must have been 2019 COVID that it was Monday the 12th of August. Yeah, COVID stopping people from taking a bloody sign down. I mean, seriously, come off it. But yeah, seemingly the fire doors were done maybe three years ago who knows um but yeah i, I just I, I just it's just bizarre isn't it it's just little things like that annoy me you know i always used to go past um the pizza sign and for years the p was off you know the light had gone and it just and i just every time i went past i used to tap and moan to the wife about it just little things like that really wind me up but i don't know why it's just me being a bit anal really that's <laughs> what it is so is it safe to say you were a bit peed off? Yes, very good. So that should be it, mate. It's late. I think we should just yeah call it a day now. You can find us on social media uh, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I am at John Pips eighty one on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, as we always say, we do so much appreciate anyone who gets in touch, anyone who follows us on social media, interacts with us on social media. Uh, we do really, really appreciate. It. And thank you everybody for listening for listening to this week's show. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Probably not our finest work. Um, no. The interviews were very good, though. Um, I reckon got... 95% of people just fast-forward us. Yeah. A bit like I watch the football. You know, the um, you know, the, the goals roundup. I yep. always fast-forward the bloke speaking. Yeah, I, I, I always, I, I always I like thought it. a lot of people do that on our pod. Just go to the interviews, because that's probably the best bit. And I was like, when, when a club... banter, of course. When the club tweets out, go to this, this point for the interview. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about the about the crap that those two idiots are talking. Just yeah. go to this bit. Yeah, uh, that's probably the best bit, yeah. So, but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the show. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Non-League podcast. Let's hope for a banger of a weekend in Kent Non-League football. <laughs>